Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. Today we're talking with Matt Savitsky. He has a BFA from Cooper Union from 2005, and his work, or what we've seen of it, are paintings, sculptures, some videos, and performance that contains material from his life. Right now, we're sitting in what is about to be no longer his studio because he's moving on to graduate school. We're sitting next to a box that's labeled Fitzpatrick Toadstool, Tie Baby, and Playboy Urn. Some of Matt's installations, which look like rooms he's created within a gallery, focus on style, decor, and clothing and he's performed as Minty, doing a turn as a sexy puppy in a gallery storefront window. The work, which can be irreverent, playful, or forlorn, but always pretty dark, has been called autobiographical exhibitionism or therapy. You've spent the last few years in Philadelphia. How has Philadelphia been for you as a place to be? Well, it's, it's been a full experience for sure. It's I still haven't had enough time to kind of sort through all my feelings about it, but I was without work for two years, which was really isolating. In Philadelphia? In Philadelphia, yeah. And I mean, I was actually commuting to New York for a job and splitting that with unemployment. I would just like get a little demoralized when I was really feeling that there, like the Philly art community here, there's no market and it's all has to have some social core values to get money attached to it. and You mean like foundation? Yeah, l- right. Which yeah. is a beautiful thing about Philly, you know. And it's, that's kind of become its art culture. Mm-hmm. And was actually such a new thing for me moving from New York. I mean, it's a lot of market-driven stuff. And the other side of it was that I was able to afford this beautiful studio and have plenty like more free time than I knew what to do with and I don't know I mean I just ended up pushing myself to take advantage of that side of Philly which is you're out of the pressure cooker a little bit and I really grew so much I feel like there's some clarity here that I don't have in New York but do you think that what happens in Philadelphia is rooted in Philadelphia and not transportable elsewhere I mean it sounds like it's almost idiosyncratic to the city that it has this um, youth culture and cheap studio space and people can experiment and you can live on unemployment. It almost sounds like not the real world. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It was really isolating. I lived in the Italian market and I would wake up and, you know, just the world would be happening really early and I'd just be like, you know, a little freaked out every day. Which, you know, was accumulated into being really freaked out. Were you freaked out because you weren't also awake and doing things, or what? Well, no, just because I was on a really different thing than any other thing that I was observing. You know, a lot lot of the group that I was hanging out with when I first moved here all really dissipated within the first year I was living here. So then it was really like... I didn't really... I don't really identify with a lot of the music stuff going on and I just see it as a little lazy and another excuse for like straight people to get together and hook up. There's like a really lack, like huge lack of gayness. I ended up falling in with this group of mostly gay men who are from all different generations. So I kind of sequestered myself 
and made re- my relationships there. And are they artists? Oh, some of them are artists. There's a lot of massage therapists. There's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean, it was a, such a great thing to find in Philly and attach myself to, and um, meet people who are actually really committed to being here. So can you tell us a little bit about your growing up and where you grew up and what it was like? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, my parents are very religious people and I grew up in Lancaster County, which is only an hour outside Philly. I guess it was a pretty isolating childhood and, you know, I was like a little gay boy growing up in the country. Like, it's really cliche, like the whole thing. Moved to New York, you know, for school. Were you out when you were in high school or no? Um, toward the end, I met... I really got in good with one of the amazing, like, popular girls who was ready to have, like, a gay friend. <laughs> I, guess, I couldn't get more cliche. It's crazy. <laughs> it's ready for Hollywood. It's ready for the screen, yeah. So, then, yeah, the next step was to kind of just be like, well, I'm coming out and... You know, I let my parents know, which was kind of a disaster, and, but, you know, we're working on it. Isn't that the Philly Subway logo? Yes, we're working <laughs> on it. We're working on it. It's like an apology. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. All right, yeah. Um, so, tell us where you're going to graduate school and how you're getting there. All right, well, I'm starting at uh, UCSD, which is the University of California at San Diego, in the fall. Uh, I'll be leaving tomorrow morning with my father. We're taking two weeks to get out there, and we'll be camping. So you've had a rapprochement? You've an agreement? You've come back together? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been a really good couple of years, and I feel very prepared to take a very intimate journey with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long ride. <laughs> it's a long ride. but Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So were your parents um, supportive of you being an artist? Yeah, they were absolutely behind me. I was just like a standout painter in high school, and so they were kind of like, oh, this is good for him, like he's doing his thing, you know. Because it's a strange thing for kids to want to go into, I think, because it's art, I think, can be relegated to this like social activity to kind of like get kids out of their shells and things like that. So anyway, I think I think it was really cool of my parents to really let me see it as a real thing that could have a life, which it ended up having for me. So let's talk about your objects because some of the objects you make are pretty wonderful. Thank and, you. And you use a combination of like found objects and things that you're making. I get very attached to objects. Not necessarily what the object is or what's inherent to it, if that's a real thing, but like how I deal with them. So a lot of it comes down to arranging the objects, pointing out certain sensibilities in them, and then feeling like a crazy love for it, which is obviously like a gay thing where I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this little thing. Like it's so special and like no one notices. So I want to like care for it, you know? Which is how what the, the what I want for myself. Part of my gay experience has been in my home, where it's it's private, and I can have all of my things around me, and ritually have a day where I just change everything. Everything gets moved around in a different place. The objects start over, and 
you know, we have a new life together. Or, or, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this sounds like Albert Barnes and the way he would move his paintings around. You know about that. No, I don't know it. He, every day he'd go into his museum or foundation, whatever, the collection, and he would move things around. Hmm. He was never happy with it, just static. I mean, that's a frustrating thing about looking at art for me, is that you can't move it around and unless that's like it's concepts you're supposed to interact and then it's like oh what am I supposed to do now the objects in your rooms or at least the one that room that was at Vox and I I was looking at it and I was thinking that the objects were sort of like people in the room and then I said oh I don't know if it's many people or if this is all about you and you are all the objects in the room but I felt like it was a peopled room my work in Philly has definitely been a lot about personal growth. I'll say that much. And, you know, it, I think it comes across as a lot of time about me and, like, my process. And I'd like to get away from that <laughs> now that I'll be in school and all. But, you know, it's... I mean, but I think what you're reacting to is... Um, it, I try and communicate kind of a torn way of wanting to be, um, which I, I see as characteristically gay, where it's like... I don't quite know how I want to be socially ever. That leads to a lot of insecurity, but also an opportunity to, well, explore personas and things. Part of accumulating a lot of objects around me ended up creating like a person, you know, or like a very fractured person. Let's talk about success, because you've had a fair deal of success showing art in Philadelphia. In the three years that you've been here, you've shown a whole lot. I mean, a lot. You also were a Pew Fellow nominee and a finalist in 2010. Can you talk about that a little bit, about success? I got bed bugs right before I had to leave Philadelphia. <laughs> And I had to purge most of my objects. Oh, no. And it, and, uh, but it ended up being the best thing for me in the long run. I kind of saw knocking the pew as the same thing. And I don't know if that's self-protective at all, but whatever. It's just... I think school is, ended up being the better option for me anyway. Because looking back now, my time in Philly was its own little personal residency where I, I was able to show work pretty consistently, and have that be part of my whole creative process. So you talked about being shy when we first came here. And um, I'm thinking, wow, this is the same guy who, in his underwear and some makeup, was in the window of a gallery, like a storefront, um, being this puppy dog, and, you know wagging his behind and being very come hither and flirty. And I said to myself, wow, that's not shy. I started seeing my therapist again <laughs> in New York when I visited. And we've been getting real, real. I've just lately I've been getting in touch with the shy, nervous person that in my mind I'd left behind when I moved to cities and things like that and I guess the puppy minty puppy is just the side of myself that's really like sexual and I think it's such a 
strange, horrifying thing to see a live body in a place where you don't expect it. I think sitting in the window was a way to threaten people too. Put out something that might come into someone's mind later on in their life or come into my mind later on in my life as something new. And um, oh, There's something else I wanted to say about that. Oh, seeing ki- um, children's reactions to it were really f- kind of the most fascinating part of it for me. How did they react? Kids were really, truly scared. Did they think you were a puppy, maybe? <laughs> no, I don't like think so. <laughs> um, a lot of kids asked if, was, were asking their parents if I were, was a robot. You know, because I would kind of just be lounging around there. And then when someone would walk by, I'd make a little movement or, you know, try and get attention. You know, you could see it in kids' faces when they, they have, they're trying to process what's going on. They don't really know, but they're very scared. So that was a rewarding experience. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been talking to Matt Savitsky in his studio in Philadelphia, um, which he's moving out of as we all sit and talk. Uh, Matt, we want to wish you good luck, and thanks for talking to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.